0: Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode number 16, the psychology of Granum. You know, we spend a lot of time on the Granum numbers, and you'll no doubt be hearing more from us on that topic. But today, we're going to take a deeper look at the objectives and psychology of each step of the sales cycle. We know it's critical that FRs conduct enough of each step activity-wise, right? But it's also important to maximize the effort and the skill within each step. Granum wasn't only a brilliant researcher and statistician, he also understood human behavior. And the back half, as Sabina calls it, um, of the book goes into great detail on that. We often don't spend much time in those chapters, the chapters that don't relate to activity. But today, Sabina is going to walk us through this great material that you can use as value added content and pieces in your coaching meetings. Hey, Sabina. Sabina.
1: Hello. <laughs> I love this part because Granum really did understand human beings and the thing that I say to people all the time is the face of the marketplace might have changed but the human behavior of the marketplace has not. So this is just again more of Granum that still applies today. So Granum actually has very specific objectives for each part of the sales cycle. And oftentimes I've delivered this as a quiz to FRs and coaches and leaders about what those are and most people don't know or they answer with what has sort of evolved over the years. So I want to take you back to the original and help you see that, yes, it is still relevant today. So we're going to start at the beginning with phoning. So most FRs and leaders, for that matter, will tell you, Correctly, that the main objective of phoning is to set the appointment, right? And we talk about that all the time. It's to fill your calendar to set the appointment. But there's a second objective as well. And that is, Granham says, to weed out people who aren't interested. So you always want to coach your FRs that when someone says no on the phone after at least two or three objections, you know, they say no two or three times, the FR should always ask, Would you mind if I keep in touch? person on the other end is almost always going to say, no, I don't mind because two things, they don't think it will ever happen and they just want to get off the phone. So it serves their purpose <laughs> today and down the road. Now, this is where the FR has to follow up in whatever time increment they promise. This is the long game. You probably have veteran reps in your office that will tell you about clients they had to call for two or three years. Some Times before they said yes and eventually became a client. Now, if someone continually says no to you, you're just weeding them out. This is where the process is gonna is gonna do its work for you. You just have to do what you need to do. So here's another little tidbit about the time frame. You can set as a rep whatever time frame you choose, but according to strict Granum, it should either be the age change or their birthday. One of those dates is usually pretty close. So it's not like you're waiting eight or nine months, right? Mm -hmm. So whichever date is closer, that's when you're going to follow up.
0: So you know what I love about that, Sabina, from a coaching standpoint is when you have a rep that's feeling down, right, and they didn't set many or they've been dialing and they've just had kind of blasé phoning results, to remind them actually that one of the objectives is to weed people out. And every time you're following the process, you're doing part of the job. So it makes you feel like, okay, well... I didn't set a lot of people today, but I did my job, right? So it's just a reassuring way and an encouraging way to tell reps that even though you didn't get the results you wanted today, you followed the process and you met some of those objectives. I love that;
1: such good nuggets in there.
0: Okay, let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the approach. So, sales or psychology of the approach.
1: Sure. So, Granum actually has. Five objectives in the approach. That's right. You heard you heard correctly. Five. (laughs) And unless people know the book really, really well, they usually miss several of these. So what happens is FRs will often just chit chat their way through the approach, thinking that they're going to make friends first and clients later. And then they wonder why the prospect isn't interested in seeing them again. So I'm going to lay out the five objectives of the approach and, and let you see what you're supposed to be doing. So the first one is to set the stage for the fact finder, right? So you are wanting in that same appointment to segue into the fact finder. The second objective is to demonstrate your competence. So this is part, I think of it as the appointment where you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. This is your first and sometimes only opportunity to demonstrate your competence. The third objective is to gain the prospect's confidence, right? So if you are demonstrating your competence, that's naturally going to follow. You're going to start to gain their confidence. The fourth objective, and and as far as I'm concerned, one of the most important ones is to establish a professional down-to-business style. Granham says you are teaching people how to expect to do business with you. And that is so critical. Reps really, when I, when I talk about that one, they just, you could see the light bulb going on. They're like, oh, and the fifth one is to establish that you work on a favorable introduction basis. So it's an opportunity to talk about referred lead prospecting without actually doing it yet. And so then when you get to that point, you can circle back and say, remember, you know, when I told you about this at our first appointment. So I always like to ask FRs this question when the approach doesn't lead smoothly into the fact finder, because this this a lot of reps will have approach only appointments or they don't understand how they ran out of time and then they, then they end up chasing people. So I ask them, all right, put yourself in the other person's shoes. What do you think that prospect might be thinking if you just engaged in friendly chit chat and didn't strive to follow these five objectives?
0: Waste of time. When That's what I ask I would that be question.
1: <laughs> yes, they always get it right. They always, but, it, but sometimes you have to really help your reps put themselves across the table in the other person's shoes and then they get it. I always like to kind of humorously, tongue in cheek, I guess, point out, also to reps, that when someone agrees to see you on the phone, right, they aren't agreeing to see you because they want to interview you to be their new best friend, right? Mm -hmm. They agree to see you because you're a financial professional with a reputable company who knows someone that they know and trust. So it's really good to help your FR see things from the prospect's perspective every chance you get.
0: I forget a lot of those objectives. I'm going to be honest, Sabina, right? The two that always, that that, I know. uh, Yeah. The demonstrating your competence. I mean, think how differently mm-hmm. you would approach that meeting if you thought, okay, I need to demonstrate my competence in this meeting. Exactly. And then establishing that you work on a favorable introduction basis. I know that some of the reps are like, well, that's jumping the gun. That's way too far ahead. But it's not. You're setting the stage. You're greasing, right? You're you're greasing the skids and getting ready yeah. um, for that part. And it makes exactly. such a difference when you go in with that mindset. And I know you and I always joke around. I said, If I went into the dentist, right, to get my teeth cleaned and the hygienist, I sat in the yeah. chair for 30 minutes and she just chit-chatted with me and I, I had to leave, I'd be really ticked off that I wasted 30 minutes of my time. So it's such a balance, right? Of making sure that yes, you're building the relationship yeah. and you're talking and you're getting to know them, but you need to get some business done, right? Or get some
1: work done too. So. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You would be unlikely to go back to that dentist yeah, You know, yeah, because exactly. they didn't do anything <laughs> didn't do, professional. Right. Exactly.
0: All right. That leads us <laughs> yeah. to the fact
1: finder. What are the objectives of the fact finder? Sure. Well, there are four, and most people get two of them and don't get the other two. So the first one is to get the facts. I mean, it's right there in the name, right? (laughs) It's the (laughs) fact fact finder. finder. (laughs) Um, So get the facts. Now, again, you'll see how he weaves prospecting into everything because the second objective is to do some advanced suspecting. So I've taken people through an exercise like at a Monday morning training back in when we had paper fact finders, this paper document, and made them go through and highlight all the places that if you didn't do any preparation for prospecting before you went to the fact finder, you could pull from about a dozen places in the fact finder. So do some advanced suspecting. People don't often get that one unless they know the book really well. The third objective is, Granham calls it reaching the inner person. Most people call it getting the feelings. Uh, you know, either one is correct. It's getting to the why behind the facts. You know, what's important about those facts to that person? The document seems like it's designed to get the facts. So you really have to be very intentional about reaching the inner person and getting to the feeling part of it. The fourth one, again, unless people are just devoted readers of the book, nobody ever gets it. The fourth one is called Build Your Prestige. And this is really, he again means you are showing them how they can expect to do business with you going forward. This is the manner in which you conduct yourself, that you are on time, you take good notes, you have a professional appearance. You're basically reinforcing what they hopefully have is a good opinion of you. So those are the four things that your reps should be doing in the fact finder.
0: In all honesty, kind of giggle and eye roll when you hear build the prestige, right? But it's there's so so much to it, and it really is important. I think we forget, especially in today's day and age, like I'm going to call it out, I have seen lots of people in hoodies and not the, right, because we're, you know, in kind of post-pandemic, a lot of people are working from home, yeah, and they have different, you know, maybe not the most professional backgrounds, even little things Mm -hmm. like sending an agenda in advance, right? And attaching mm-hmm. it to the calendar entry yeah. or making sure you there's so many little things that you can do to help build the prestige if you remember mm-hmm. to do it.
1: Exactly. And I always like to laugh and say, it's not telling them how great you are at golf or how many trophies do you have on your shelves? It's not that kind of prestige, right? It's the right. prestige of you're asking to be the financial steward of their future, and that is a different career than, you know, working in an art museum or an art gallery or something where you maybe you can be a little more creative. Right. This or is, Facebook you're asking or Google. People, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're asking yeah. people to trust you with their money. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Lastly is the close. Take us through the psychology of the clothes.
1: Yep. Um, so the objective of the close. So I love to ask this question. What is the objective of the clothes? We were like, to get people to take action. So I would modify that slightly and say, the objective is to get the prospect to make a decision, right? So a lot of times the decision is going to be, no, I'm not going to do this now. So you want to move people off the fence. And get them to make a decision. Sometimes the decision is going to be in your favor. Sometimes it isn't. But then you can move on appropriately. So when when people are brand new, it can sometimes take two or three closing attempts to get a decision. And it helps to frame the close as the decision making time so that even if the prospect says no, the rep, you know, kind of like we talked about with phoning, the rep still feels like they accomplished something. So there's another Granum book out there called Managing Through the One Card System. I I don't know if it's still available or not. But in this um, book, Granum posed four questions that he said financial reps should ask themselves before they go to the close and and actually coincide with his four main reasons that people don't buy, right? No need, no trust, no hurry, no money. Um, Almost all the objectives fall into one of those four categories. So here are these four questions that as a financial rep, you would want to ask yourself to gain clarity and confidence going into the close. Number one, why should this person buy what I am recommending? Number two, why should they buy it from me? And number three, why should they buy it today and not some future date? And number four, how will they pay for it now and in the future? So if the FR can clearly answer these questions prior to the close, they feel more prepared, more confident, they're better able to address the objections that the prospect is inevitably going to bring up when you're asking them to write you a check or spend money with you. And you can turn these questions into a group or individual exercise, which we're going to demonstrate in our role play, by having reps think of an upcoming close and then having them write out or say out loud the answers to those four questions. So. That's the close for you.
0: Yep. And I, really good content to get that we're activity coaches, right? We're coaching activity coaches. and But mm-hmm. this is really good value-added stuff for those advanced coaches who yes. want to go a little bit deeper when you're noticing yep. that ratios are off, right? And there might be an issue with, you know, mm-hmm. you have a lot of open cases, but you're, you're not closing them. Let's talk a little bit about efficiency. This is where the yes. psychology and the background can be so helpful in the coaching Absolutely. that you're providing.
1: All right. Last but not least, prospecting. Let's talk about that. Right. Okay. So you might notice that I skipped prospecting. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that was by design. I did not miss a page of my notes. That was by design. So we are going to um, address prospecting actually in the next Episode. We just talked a little bit about it in the DYM episode. That's that was, you know, that's the prospecting before you even become a financial rep. And we're going to address prospecting in its own episode because that there's so many branches so and perspectives around prospecting. So don't worry, prospecting is coming back.
0: <laughs> we don't want to forget one of those important <laughs> steps of the fact finding uh, right? sales cycle, right? Exactly. All right. Well then let's get ready for our. Say,
1: Say that, that again. 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 Okay, Heather, you're going to be a financial rep who is struggling with the close. Your closing ratio is about half of what it should be. So okay. we're going to role play these four questions. So okay. Hey, Heather, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, Sabina. How are you? Okay. Good. I'm good. I'm good. You've been at this for about four weeks now, um, and you've had the right number of closes, as we've talked about. So I want to take a look at a little bit bigger picture right now. I noticed that your closing ratio is only about 16%. And we really would expect that to be a third, right? About 33%. Mm-hmm. So you're about right. half of where you where you want to be. So I thought today we might go through those. Do you remember the four questions that I've, that I've talked to you about before to ask yourself before you go to a close. Um, I, I'm yeah, wondering if like you have been using those.
0: Kind of. I vaguely remember what they are. Probably not enough that I'm actually using them each time, but something like why should they buy and how are they going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Are those the questions? Yeah.
1: Yes. As a, okay. Yep. Those are the ones I'm talking about. So I want to put it in real terms today. Okay. So you've got a couple of closes coming up this week, right? Yes. Okay, so let's pick one that you're most excited about, and tell okay. me a little bit about that person, just a little bit.
0: Sure. Uh, I am meeting with my chiropractor. I'm really excited about that. Uh, she's married. She has two kids. I know her well. She actually has a couple you know, basic products in place, but I'm going to be really helping her broaden her financial plan. We're going to be looking at um, long-term care and increasing mm-hmm. her disability insurance as well.
1: Okay. So I'm going to ask you these four questions and I want you to answer them as if you were at, when you're thinking about her. Okay. as if you were getting okay. ready to go to, to close your chiropractor, mm-hmm. why should your chiropractor buy what you're recommending?
0: Why should she buy what I'm recommending? Well, we've done a really good mm-hmm. job of fact finding and really identifying what the need is. And I think it really is the perfect solution. It, it will fill the gaps that she has.
1: Okay why should she buy it from you and not a competitor or not a more veteran rep down the hall? Why should she, why should she buy it from you?
0: It's me. Hello. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say, I I mean, honestly, I have been a client of hers for many years. Um, So I've been very loyal to Mm -hmm. her. I've built trust with her. Um, I know she, like I said, I know she trusts me. Um, So yeah, I would say that's why I think she would buy it from me. She knows I'm going to not lead her astray.
1: Okay, very good. Now, why should she buy it today and not procrastinate to some future time?
0: Um, You know, we talked to this a little bit about her. I mean, the idea of, obviously, um, future insurability, um, the risk, right? I mean, like, what if something happens if she does wait? Uh, That would not Mm -hmm. be good. We want her to be protected. Yeah, I think those are probably the two big ones.
1: Okay, so when you go to ask her to take action today, you feel confident that if she comes back with an objection like, you know, long-term care, I'm young. That's down the road. Um, You feel confident that you know why she should buy it today.
0: Yeah, I do. And I'm going to thankfully have my joint work partner with me. And so I feel confident that between the two of us we will be able to handle that. Yep.
1: Yep. Okay, good. I mean, how's she going to pay for it both today and down the road when maybe her kids are ready to go into their private school or the house needs a new roof or they need a a second car? (laughs) How is she going to pay for it?
0: Well, I think we've done a good job of really looking at her budget and showing her how that is possible. Um, She's Mm -hmm. doing very well financially. You know, we're not selling her something that she won't be able to afford down the road. So I feel good about that one as
1: well. Yeah. Okay. So how do you feel now that you've been able to answer those four questions?
0: I actually have a lot more confidence, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, I was a little nervous going into it, but I think I just feel Mm -hmm. more confident knowing that we've done the right thing. We're prepared. Um, Preparation, I would say, is a big part Mm -hmm. of it. I just feel more prepared, which increases confidence. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Would this activity, oh, good, encourage you to remember those four questions and ask them every time you go to close someone? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, let me know how it goes. All
0: right. I love that role play. I really do. I think that's just such, again, yeah. um, another value add that coaches can be helping their reps yep. take their businesses to the next level. That's what this Absolutely. is all about. So we hope you uh, were able to walk away from our conversation today with some good nuggets nuggets around the psychology of Granum uh, and digging a little bit deeper beyond the numbers. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather
1: and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.
0: And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes.
1: Thanks again Again for listening. listening. Keep keep learning learning and growing. growing.